Welcome, my friends, to Smokin' and Toastin'. And, uh, you know, I'm getting used to the name, and I like it. It's a little change. Oh, yeah, it, it is a little change. Change is good. Change is but good. we will be smoking and toasting on the program today as we are going to be talking with the original Shiner Brewmaster. That's pretty amazing. And that's, I'm so yeah, excited yeah. about that. And by the way, if you've seen the Shiner commercials on television where they've got the two older guys sitting there in the yeah, little yeah. cabin, that's him. He's one that's, of those guys. That's so pretty cool. That's, that's Jimmy. Jimmy will be joining us uh, here. Uh, Jimmy Mark will be joining us here. And guess who else is here? Our old pal Jeremiah. Jeremiah is always like yeah. wherever that guy is is just the party. Yes, that's right. You know, because we are live at B and B Butchers and Restaurant in Houston, and yeah, this, this place is our is fun. This is our location. Now, there's a big event going on here. We're just kind of like, you know, hiding in the corner of the big event. We're not really <laughs> part of it, uh, but it is really cool. There's uh, spirits in the house. There's Shiner on tap, and so this is a perfect opportunity uh, to talk to the Shiner Brewmaster because he is. In town where we are, and is coming over to do this party, and we're going to get a chance to sit down with him so and talk fun. all things Shiner. Yeah, it's very exciting. Actually. And for those of you who aren't in Houston this week, this is Super Bowl weekend. Yes. it is madness in Houston. The yeah. traffic, the helicopters, the oh my blimps. God. There are so many things flying over downtown Houston right now. And I live downtown. It takes me like forty-five minutes to get out of my block, which it's usually crazy. would take you about five minutes. Yeah, exactly. So it's, maybe fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. If it's real slow getting so, here. Yeah, so it's not uh, it's not the usual thing, but that's okay because it's kind of fun. Like, you yeah. feel like you're part of something. I you know? agree. So, I agree. Uh, so, anyway, we're so glad to have you on board with us. This is show number 28. We're counting all the old Sip, Smoke, and Savor shows uh, as just part of the canon. Those were simpler times. Yeah, we're, we're stepping it up a notch. Yeah. <laughs> we're they were simpler times. And, of course, there is the one lost episode. The lost show. episode. Yep, show number 26 yeah, is, the lost uh, episode. is nowhere to be found. No, we we can't even talk about what we talked about on the last episode. (laughs) We've been advised not to speak about it at all, actually. So uh, I don't know what that means exactly, but here we are, and we're doing our thing. So we're so we're very happy about it. Good times. My name is Cruz. Ian Barry is my uh, co-host and and friend, and we're uh, really enjoying uh, being a part of the uh, B&B festivities here today. So uh, this is a Beam Suntory event as well, and to my Surprise! I yes. showed up here, and an old friend of mine, we go back a ways, Frank Krogenberger, mm. is the, and get this, this is his official title. I'm reading his card right now. He is the luxury specialist for Houston, Texas, for Beam Suntory. All right. I would just like to say that the um, staff administrator at Lytle High School, Lytle, Texas, from which I graduated, needs to, at this moment in time, fire the guidance counselor. <laughs> because I was never told that a job like that existed or that I could be angling for one. You know, I made an offer to him. I said, listen, if you guys are looking for anyone with absolutely no skill and no experience, I'm right here. <laughs> That's Look good no to know. Further. Yeah, yeah. Good. good. And it works out well for us on the show. So uh, right. it's, it's awesome. I'm doing it right now. Watch me. <laughs> I count matchsticks, too. That's, that's like I have a great T-shirt that says, hold my beer and watch this. That's right. Yeah, so, uh, that's so right. anyway, that's... That's how we feel about it. So, so we're gonna. I think we're gonna have him on uh, on yes. one of the segments today, and he's gonna uh, kind of recommend us some spirits for us to mm, taste. Is that be right? Fun. Yeah, yeah, he has a lot of brands that he's repping too, uh, from uh, everything from Yamazaki, which we had that twelve-year-old. Mm-hmm. Oh here. yes, that was fantastic. Jim Beam, Maker's Mark, love Maker's. Uh, tons of stuff. Anyway, we'll let him explain. Good. That. Yeah, he's that'll be good. Better at it and of I'm course, Shiner is uh, the little uh, craft brewery from Shiner, Texas, that has become known. Worldwide, Shiner's about halfway between where we are 
and San Antonio. You know, I grew and, up in the country in yes. Liberty, Texas, right? Yep. And in Liberty, Texas, all my friends drank MGD. Miller <laughs> Genuine Draft, right? Yes, mm-hmm. this is what I had to put up with. I found one store in the little town next to us. There's a little gas station, a little small, tiny gas station that happened to sell Shiner Bach. And I would drive all the way to the next town, and I would buy Shiner Bach nice. to get decent beer. Nice. Nice. So I go way back with Shiner Bach. I still drink Shiner Bach today. I mean, I it's, it's, a, it's a regular part of my beer rotation. And I've loved some of the seasonals and different things that Shiner has come out with. And they are, um, I don't know, they're just... They're kind of like the everyman's craft beer yeah. company. You yeah, know right. what I mean? And they've been really doing it for that. so long. Like, yes. they're so good at it. And um, I've been to the brewery, uh, I don't know, six, eight times Six, now. eight times, yeah, really? Something oh, like that. That's awesome. Uh, I've done the tour you know, so five I think you can hear a times. train going by right now. <laughs> it's, it's busy around here. Somebody told the conductor there was Shiner over there. <laughs> right. he's, he's so way. I'm actually trying I, I, at my pre-show beer today. I'm on yes. the tail end of it right now. Is the cream ale that they just came out with? Yes, and I hadn't tried this before. I really like it. Actually, it's really good. Yeah. Very drinkable. It's delicious. Um, cream ale and blonde ale are pretty much interchangeable. So I don't know if this is one of the ones that he'll be officially tasting with us or not. I have heard a rumor that we may be tasting this new coffee. Ale that they oh, have. Oh, that sounds so, fun. So that should be interesting. Well, you so. know, even if even if we have to taste this again, I think I'm okay with it. It's pretty nice. Yes. <laughs> we'll pretend we haven't had any yet. <laughs> we'll look surprised, just so, like Christmas. So normally, uh, Ian, when we are doing um, a show at B&B, one of the reasons is because we're out on the upstairs patio and can smoke. Uh, that's not where this event is located. It's inside this tented area. So we're not able to smoke in here. So we won't be sampling cigars on the show today, which leads me to ask then... Since we're not sampling today, or at least not right at this moment, uh, have you smoked anything interesting? This you know, week? I was actually thinking about what you just said. We could actually just leave a blank space right here, go upstairs, smoke a cigar, and then just dub it in later. Uh, that's not a terrible okay, idea. Now, um, so <laughs> this week, I, so we're back. <laughs> we're back. Now this week, I want to talk about a, um, a, a, an old classic favorite of mine, which is a, a Nub Maduro. Oh. Now, Nub, uh, just in case you don't know what these are, these are designed, they're very thick, but very short cigars. They start out as only, what, three inches, maybe? This is a Churchill that's cut in half. And those of you who aren't familiar with a Churchill, a Churchill is usually seven inches or bigger. Mm -hmm. Um, And usually, uh, I think they start at about a 48 ring gauge, but can go up to like 60 or 50, you know, upper 50s, 56. Um, and they uh, Nub's idea is they're made by Oliva, uh-huh. and Nub's idea is that they just cut the cigar off right where it gets to the sweet spot, so you don't have to light your cigar, you don't have to wait for it to develop into its flavor or anything like that. You fire it up and it's, it's like, there, buddy. Boom, you're there. Yeah, and I got to tell you, I'm not entirely sure about that theory because they do develop a little bit, but they are great cigars. Yes, like every one of them in the line is a great cigar. So, which is the one that you smoked this week? The four six four Maduro. Four six four. Yeah, and okay. it is such a good cigar. It is always a good cigar. I I don't think I've ever had one that uh, the burn wasn't almost perfect on. Wow! Like, and every time you would think that'd be a bit of a challenge, just because it's such a short cigar, right? You know, might and, not have time four, to establish properly. You know? And four six four, like their numbers actually coincide with the sizes. So it's a four inch cigar by a six four ring gauge. Right. 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 And uh, it's a Brazilian Maduro wrapper on it. Um, uh, I'm not entirely sure about the binding and filler, but man, what a great cigar! I mean, it's got notes of chocolate, some earthy and leathery notes in there as well. Um, it really, really has a great 
full flavor overall. It's not a, I don't think they'd consider a full flavor cigar, but it's got a great big smoke to it as well. Yep. And uh, and I will smoke these cigars until they're just about burning my fingers. Nice. Yeah, I mean, they just... Well, hence the name, the nub, right? Right, and they'll just keep going, too. And one well, of the fun things, you've seen the ad on these where they have, like, the cigar is mostly smoked down to the right, label, and right. it's standing on its, it's ash. It's standing on the ash, yep, yes. yep. <laughs> I love that. Price for quality, they're $6 cigars, 5 to $6 cigars. I'm going to give them an 8 every time because yeah, they're about, so good. About how long? That's a that's a really good number. About how long a smoke is it for you? Oddly enough, for such a short, it's a 4-inch cigar, you get 45 minutes easy. Nice. You know, 35 minutes if you're smoking real fast, but still a 45-minute cigar for most people. Uh, love it. That's, that's great. So, I smoked a Gurkha Beast. And those are great cigars. They are great cigars. I love except, those. Sorry, go ahead. I don't mean to steal except your fire. <laughs> I had the same problem with it that I had with the last three or four Gurkhas of any kind that I've smoked. And that's that the construction yeah. is just crappy. Yeah. It really yeah. is. It burned so badly oh, that, that I bad. was relighting uh, one side or another of it like the entire time. In fact, if you take a look at the photo that I'm posting, it'll, it, I took pictures to show you exactly how it was burning and there's really no excuse for it now here's the good news it's a delicious cigar the yeah. flavor is tremendous but it was so much trouble and i don't understand why because gurkha really prides themselves on being this extremely small batch company they're not like super mass produced type things everything is very you know meticulously handcrafted and it's like why can't they get rollers that know how to roll a cigar this is it's becoming too consistent for me that Gurkhas are badly constructed. And yeah. that's that has really has colored my entire perception of the, of the whole line. And that's a shame because the cigar tastes so good. And I love the Gurkha Beast, but I've had that same issue as well. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful cigar. This dark Maduro wrapper. Yeah, you, you take that first whiff of it before it's, uh, you know, once it's been lit, uh, or, uh -huh. or rather before it's been lit, and you just get all those earthy, chocolatey, and notes coffee, and, lots and of yes, coffee in and there, lots yeah. of that comes through when you smoke it, but it's just unfortunately it doesn't come through as well as it could because you're always having to mess with it. And yeah, and I'm just them. if I sound like I'm being really hardcore, it's because I'm so disappointed because the right. potential of this cigar is huge. I mean, it it would have been the best cigar I'd smoked in a while had it Without not that. been yeah that's not probably why we pain. find them on sale a lot too <laughs> that very well could be and that is usually when i get them like in yeah. sampler packs or things like that sometimes online but i will see these in cigar stores uh you know in the box and they're not you know they're not outrageously expensive but they're not a cheap cigar so no. i would say that the beast is generally an eight nine dollar cigar right. uh and so i would have to put price to quality unfortunately I'd have to put it at about a four because it's definitely got the flavor. But unless you want to be tending it the whole time. Right. Unless you're able to be tending it the whole if time. If you're fidgety, you probably like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you really enjoy relighting your cigar over and over again, <laughs> if it makes you feel like you're doing something, uh, that's the cigar for you. But I will say, even with all of that, I did enjoy the flavor. So, yeah. so we have that. All right. So segment one uh, is just about done here. We are going to come back. With some special guests, we have, of course, uh, uh, Jimmy Mark from uh, Shiner is joining us, and then we also and Frank Krakenberger from Beans on Beam Suntory. And at some point, we're going to drag uh, Jeremiah, our buddy Jeremiah, from B and B, over here. So uh, it should be a jam-packed show. Thank you for joining us. Lots of tasting as smoking and toasting continues. 
And welcome back to Smoking and Toasting, the radio program formerly known as Sip, Smoke, and Savor. We're so glad to have you uh, with us because we have, I, I got to say, just I'm like a fanboy now. Uh, <laughs> like one of the coolest guests we've ever had. I am too. Jimmy Mark from Shiner is here. Jimmy, how are you? I'm doing fantastic, guys. It, it is so nice to have you now. I know you're in Houston for uh, all the Super Bowl stuff and doing publicity for Shiner. But you are, tell me, you are the brewmaster, right? You're the man. Yes, sir. I am the brewmaster. I'm, I'm brewmaster number six in our 108-year history. Wow. Okay, so you took over. There were five brewmasters before you, and then you took over what had to be. Was there a, was there a ceremony, sort of like a sacred passing of the mantle when you took over the, uh, the, the head brewmaster position? Yeah, there was something like that. Uh, <laughs> I, I had to intern for 27 years. How about that? Oh, that's oh, all. Wow. That's all. <laughs> because the brewmaster before me was John Hebner, and uh, again, I worked under him uh, for 27 years before he retired after 39 and a half years. Right. So I became brewmaster when he retired. So I've been brewmaster since 2005, and uh, again, I've been at the brewery 39 years. So I'm catching him up. He's only a half year on me now. Wow! <laughs> that's, well, congratulations. That's so where do you start when you start? Like you've been there 39 years. What were you doing at first? But now you're going to tell me how old I am because we had returnable bottles back then, <laughs> and I actually ran a, you know, the back uh, backside of a bottle washer where the bottles actually. Uh, the dirty bottles came yeah, in, and we yeah, washed sure. them in a machine. So sure. that was the first thing I started with was uh, a, a, a bottle washer. You were talking about working your way up. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Bottle washer to uh, head brewmaster. I love it. I love it. So uh, when Shiner started, it was first just Shiner beer, right? That was the first, it, it, w- what we would know as original Shiner or classic Shiner. Or that, Bach. Yeah. Yeah, no, the, it wasn't I mean, the Bach. The Bach no, came later, the, oh, right? Okay, to, to give you a little bit of clarity on that, you know, we've been brewing beer for 108 years. Uh, wow. We started out as the Shiner Beer Association in 1909. <laughs> and how it started, Shiner's a small community of 2,069 right. people. The German-Czech immigrants settled down in a little town called Shiner uh, for agriculture. They, uh, they were farmers. So, and, and at that time, the big business of agriculture was cotton. And mm-hmm. if you look at our Shiner premium label, it looks like a cloud. That's mm-hmm. actually a cotton bowl. It's actually a cotton bowl. That's what it stands ah. for. So the Czech Germans, they wanted damn beer. They had no beer when they moved to Shiner. We're in the middle of a pasture. Remember Shiner, Texas? Right. right. You know, we're a two-hour drive from here from Houston. So they had to make their own beer. And they started making beer, and their beer tasted like crap. That's all there was to mm-hmm. it. So they had to bring in a German brewmaster, which was Cosmo Spetzel. And that's uh, the brewery's named after. That's it to why this it's day. the Spetzel Brewery, right? So we started making, uh, you know, Shiner beer at that at that time. And the first beer we ever made was Shiner Premium. Right. At that time, it was called Shiner beer. It was called, you know, uh, Shiner Texas Longhorn. It was called Shiner Blonde. Uh, it was called Back to Shiner Premium. So right. it, it's one of our oldest beers, uh, original beers. And we started making Shiner Bach, you know, in 1915. But it was only a seasonal beer, and we started making it full time in 1978, and and we only know how that well went. You know, we haven't looked back since. But how did how did it become that? I mean, even back then, there was some competition for being like the. But you go to a college campus or some college event, it's all Schneiderbach. That's all you could see. Austin, mm-hmm. Texas. Again, they fell in love with this beer. Why? Again, Austin's weird, right? Right. So yeah, keep okay. Austin weird. Yes. Schneiderbach. <laughs> Was dark in color. Right. I mean, it looked different. So it looked was, different than your typical, yeah. you know, mainstream beer. It stood yeah. out. They looked, I guess, really cool with this dark beer. But the deal was with the Shiner Bach, 
It's so drinkable. Yeah, it's an American right. dark lager, and it's really, really easy to drink. So these guys could actually sit back and knock out a bunch in, you know, in, in one setting. I have actually done that before. Yeah. <laughs> I, believe it or not, I know you those apparently of you went listening to college to this, as well. That's right. <laughs> those of you listening to this may not know this about me, but I have drank my, I have drank my share of cider. And that's what happened in Austin again. And as they graduated and moved on, they took their Schonerbach yep. with them. You got right. guys remember we're in 49 states right now. You we're know, uh, my brother lives in in the average coldest place in the United States in International Falls, and you can get Shiner in the little um, uh, liquor store that they have up there, yep. right by his house. I yep. mean, you can tell. You know, that's amazing. It, it's so humbling to me to be a brewmaster here and been working in Shiner for so long, and how small we were. You know, this little craft beer. And I can, I've, I've been in New York City and got a Shiner Bach. I've been in Seattle, Washington, got a Shiner Bach. And it's amazing. It, it's simply humbling. Well, I will tell you, I moved uh, in the late 90s. I moved from Houston to Boston. Had only been there visiting. Had never, like, spent any serious time there. And I moved there. And I remember it was the second or third day I was there. And I was feeling just a little overwhelmed. It's just so different. Everything's different. The traffic is different. The streets aren't as wide. It's, you know, after being in Texas, you're used to the wide open spaces. And this is the Northeast. It's not like that. And I remember walking into the corner store and going to look for beer and finding Shiner Bach. And suddenly I just felt better. That's a true story. (laughs) Like, it's like, okay, here's something I, here's something I know I like. Like, and, you know, I went on to, of course, enjoy a lot of great craft beer from the Boston area. But I've Shinerbach has always been in my beer rotation, if you will. Yeah. It's always yeah. been on the playlist. Shinerbach, yeah. like to me, Shinerbach is kind of like home. Yes. Like I, I go out and I try all these other craft beers and I love them to death. Shinerbach is always always home. It's you know, home. y'all guys are really some smart guys. You know, y'all, y'all, <laughs> you know, y'all really are. Let me let me also tell you what contributed to my Shiner drinking is as a musician here in town playing gigs everybody has shiner on of tap of course yes and they're way kinder to your bill if you drink tap beer yes <laughs> fortunately for me shiner on tap yes absolutely you know, beautiful beautiful thing absolutely uh jimmy tell us a little bit about you know you describe what that shiner bach is actually how did you describe it a dark an lager american it, black it's an lager. american dark lager. dark lager i mean okay again in shiner you know it, it, again we always like, you know, we're making our beers. I always like to see because we're doing a lot of craft beers. we got a lot of new mm-hmm. beers out that we'll talk mm-hmm. later about. But Shinerbach, I always like to say we like to shinerize our beers. We like to make a little uniquely difference. And the craft beers, that's what you can do. You can go outside the box a little bit. You ain't got to stick to a, a script on a beer or a style. You right. can make it a little bit different. Right. Shinerbach was really, really out of the norm for back then in the 70s to actually consistently make a, a, a dark lager Sure, because nobody was really drinking yes, anything and, even resembling right, craft beer and, at that time. You and know? again, with Shiner Bach, you know, what makes it so, I think, so unique, I mean, we use a blend of, of uh, malted barley. Corn is a, cre- uh, you know, a, a key ingredient that smoothens out this flavor to it, gives it a, you know, a nice, um, I like to say kind of like a cream style, a little bit of a, uh, a corn taste to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, lightly hopped with uh, Bravo and Nuggets. We don't want this to be, again, we don't claim to be a German Bach. We don't claim it to be a, a, a strong, you know, bitter Bach. Right. We, it's not. It's a dark American lager, and that's true to our style that we want it. And we think that, uh, again, it, 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 the taste of itself, uh, you know, says you know, a thousand words. 
I I just love the the malt and caramel flavors. Like yeah. to me, that's just what that's you were talking about in about China Bacchus home. It's those flavors to me yeah. that like mm-hmm. uh, you know you can be someplace. You ever you ever uh, go like to some places like a, someone's house or someone and you, and you try a craft beer that's just not very good. You know, it's One. like, ooh, I don't know what they were trying for, but this isn't working for me. And then you look over, and there's a Shiner Bach. You're like, yes, it's like it's <laughs> right, it's right. that. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's you know that you are always going to get the consistency and just a great it's sort of craft sure beer thing. flavor. Yeah. It's a sure thing. So now you, know, you guys do a lot of other uh, a lot of other varieties though, and you do great seasonals. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the Ruby Redbird. That's mm-hmm. I've never had another beer like that. That's one of the most unique beers I've I've ever tasted. Uh, but do you have a favorite in the Shiner portfolio? You know, that'd be like picking my favorite kid. You know, I mean, you just you, maybe you can think it, but you can't say it. You know, <laughs> right? But you know, again, I, I I really am a fan of our Shiner Premium because. That's the first beer I ever drank. I remember coming to the hospitality room at the brewery when I was six years old and uh, going up to the bar with Dad, and, you know, Dad would Dad give me would a sip of a his little, Shiner yeah. Premium. I know you're wondering, how come I started so late, six years old? But, you know, yeah, you Shiner know. was right, started right. a little later in life. But I, I love the Shiner did, Premium. And did Dotsie serve you then? Uh, Herbert Seams. He was, <laughs> he was um, he'd be right now. Uh, uh, 117 years old because wow. he was born in 1900. You know, so, <laughs> so, I mean, so it was like, uh, you know, he was there forever, and and uh, I just always remember Herbert Seems. Nice. Wow. Well, uh, it I I think that one of the things that's cool about Shiner is you're not one of those breweries that comes out with something new and weird and crazy every day. So when you do come out with a new seasonal. Or a new uh, variety. It's always a, a kind of a big deal, you know. It's a it's a mm-hmm. it's a moment. And I said this to you, you know, before we actually started this segment of the show. But your Shiner Light Blonde, I believe, is the best light beer mm-hmm. I've ever tasted. If I'm I've trying I've to watch the calories, and that's where I go. It is just absolutely delicious. And, and we and all do, you know. We we, we kind of watch the calories on it. And, and again, and that's that's a beer that you know. Hey, if I'm gonna drink uh, 20, 25 beers, I'm gonna I'm drink light blonde, you know. And, and, and I it, love it, this man. <laughs> I love this it, it, It's a it's a style. I mean, again, it, it is craft beer. Don't get right. me wrong. I mean, we make we make a, we got like a uh, the new Berliner Weiss out right now, a sour beer, oh, and that's yes, really off that. that's off the great. scope of me ever making. Do you have some with you? It's it's uh, I don't have none right oh, here with me. But no. Again, it's a German sour beer. But again, now comparing it like to Shiner Light, that's way off the scale you would think of a craft beer. But trying to make this beer taste like a beer and still be a 99 calorie, you know, four yeah. percent alcohol but, beer, but, but have actual flavor and yeah. and some oomph to it. I love it. And that's what's great about Shiner. You know, we have a great and all breweries are built around a great water source. We right. have an artesian well right there on the property that we've been brewing with since 1909. And again, with the uniqueness of the water. The fingerprint of our yeast brings out some some character into this beer that normally you wouldn't get in a light beer, and and, and we're just ecstatic that these flavors come out, and it's still awesome. a light beer. Awesome! It all starts with the water, right? All starts with the water. Absolutely. Jimmy Mark is our guest. Uh, he is the head brewmaster at Shiner at the Spetzel Brewery in Shiner, Texas. Uh, we are going to be back in the next segment, and we're going to try this new coffee ale. What is this officially called, Jimmy? It's uh, Shiner. Coffee ale, you know, cold brew coffee ale.
Love Cold it. Blue we'll have some coming up next. Welcome back. It's Smoking a Toast, and my name is Cruz, my co-host Ian Barry, and our special guest, Mr. Shiner himself, Jimmy Mark, the head brewmaster at Shiner. How long have you been at the Shiner Brewery, Jimmy? 39 years. 39 Ooh. years. Wow. You should I, think uh, of it as a career by now, right? I have never held a job for 39 years. I, I actually <laughs> started I started when I was 17 years old. Right. That's so, And you started, you were saying, by being a bottle washer, so you've yeah, made your way... All the way up the ladder. What are the steps? Can you give us the quick steps through the uh, through the ranks there, guys? I there's so many steps I can't count them all. I mean, there's a whole bunch. Did, but again, <laughs> when did you start brewing? Did you brew? Uh, did you do any home brewing or anything like that? No, I'm always, I always was a cook. Uh, you know, I love to cook. I can cook pretty well anything. Mm-hmm. Again, I've dabbled in some wine and stuff. You know, in in my younger days. But actually, in in in, in brewing, uh, again, I was very mechanical and, and in a small brewery. You wore many hats, and again, you know, you didn't have a lot of money to play with in the early years, so we, we dabbled with a lot of used machinery and stuff like that. So I caught the brewmaster's eye by by being mechanical and it could rebuild machinery and stuff like that. Ah. So we did a lot of that stuff, uh, you know, you know, wore many hats, and kind of went into different departments uh, as I was growing up in the brewery, and uh, finally got into brewing, and uh, again, uh, was very meticulous about the you know, the brewing process. So, again, caught the brewmaster's eye. He's seen something in me about the passion in the beer. So I got to go to brewmaster school. And, hey, guys, I haven't looked back since. Jimmy, awesome. uh, I know, obviously, right now you're out doing, you know, promotional tours for Shiner and doing the Super Bowl circuit and all that kind of stuff. And we really appreciate you taking time with us today. But when you're not doing that, when it's just a typical day in Shiner, what is a typical day for the brewmaster? What do you do? Are you sampling beers? Are you coming up with formulas? Is it are you are you is it more of a desk job? Do you have an apron on? What's a day like for a brewmaster? What he's trying to ask is, do you have a secret laboratory? Yeah. <laughs> uh, again, li- living in a small town. Hey, I I live outside of uh, the city of Shiner. I have a few head of cows. I do, you know, vegetable gardens. I am never sitting still. I am cooking. I love to cook. I yep. mean, I do all the cooking at home. I mean, from, you know, we're talking from briskets to, to homemade kolaches. You know, I'm, I'm, nice. I'm, I'm doing it. Uh, I, I'm an avid fan of the Texans and the Astros. So I, I come uh. here to Houston to do quite a few of the games. And, uh, you know, I love my Astros and, and, and Texans. Love watching football. But again, I, I I do a little bit of a love to go to Vegas. Uh, I love to gamble. Sorry, but, but okay, you know, I'm right there with you, brother. I just got back. Right uh, there with you. And I was just telling you, I hey, went down Fremont Street, sitting here walking down Fremont Street, and there's a Shiner Bach handle. So I'm drinking uh, Shiner Bach down Fremont Street. Love it don't it. get any better than that, guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. So so when you go in though during the day, like, is there a lot of do you do tasting? Is it formulas? Like what what is a typical day? So for you? A, a typical day at work. Uh, not so you're talking about after work, but during work. Again, I have a g- bunch of great people. Your beers are as good as your people, guys. Right. I mean, it's as simple as that. We have 115 employees at Special Brewery. That's all we are. We're a small craft brewery. We have a lot of long-term tenure people. We got people that've been here 45 years. I mean, my assistant brewmaster has been there over 30. So wow. uh, again. I have a lot of confidence in my people to be sitting here today talking with y'all guys, sure. knowing the brewery is in really good hands. Uh, again, in, in a brewery, in a small brewery, in a craft brewery, 
you're not just brewmaster. You're plant manager. You're you hire, you fire. You're regulatory. You're safety. You mm-hmm. do a little bit of everything. Uh, there's no dull moments. Again, I take a lot of pictures. Uh, <laughs> all these videos and stuff, the uh, the marketing and sales group. Sure, got, yeah. They they got you know we have a great marketing group. They got me doing all these commercials. Oh, we and, love the commercials uh, and yeah, all these great. different things. And I take a ton of pictures. I love people. Uh, I, you know, they humble me when they want to take a picture with me. <laughs> Even from a little small town, Texas. But what the hell you want to take a picture with me for? You know. Yeah, By the way, the after this, can I get a picture? <laughs> yes, yeah, sure cool. <laughs> But you know, it's it's that type of day that we have. Is uh, again, wear many hats. You're you're in all the process. You're not just in brewing. You're in bottling. You're in kegging. You're in shipping. Uh, again, logistics. You're doing. You're working cohesively as a unit with all your people. And uh, never, you know, you're never doing the same thing day in day out. You've been obviously brewing craft beer before there was a craft beer thing. Did it surprise you when craft beer became such a a movement and such a hip thing everywhere? You know, I want to elaborate a little bit on that because I'm I'm, I'm passionate about this. We are the oldest craft brewery in Texas. There's no doubt about this because i know we were because at that time they didn't have a name for us they didn't have a class for us you didn't you didn't know what to call you that's why you still can go to airports in certain states to this day and you got us listed as an import because they had no class for us they called us a regional brewery Mm -hmm. oh yeah because you know yet your budweiser yet your miller yet all your big breweries but there was no spot for shiner because we were a craft beer and they had no name for us no class so yep. we were the original. We were a craft beer before they had a name for us. That's right. <laughs> I always complain whenever I'm at a restaurant and they have Shiner Bach on the menu but listed as an import. I go, they always it, do. It, and it's always, you know, a dollar more it's or something because it's an import. Here. I'm like, I can drive there. It can't be an import. I so can So now drive you there. know the reason why. Yes, that's, that's right. That's the reason why. They had that's no name for us. <laughs> that's very interesting. Madness. So this, uh, this new cold brew coffee ale, and I brought us some of these so we can – do a little tasting here. Tell me about this. How did it come to be? Whose idea was it? Was this a seasonal before, or is it brand new? Well, this is, uh, again, we're celebrating 108 years of brewing. That's so cool. we wanted to do a little something special, and we call this our birthday beer. We have these anniversary beers each year, Yes. and we always want to do something really, really special for our anniversary beer, for our, for our birthday beers. So with that said, this is our first collaboration beer. Mm-hmm. We're actually collaborating with Chameleon Coffee out of Austin, Texas. Oh, cool. Being right down the road from us. We infused uh, their uh, Chameleon Select Blended Coffee. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we're using coffee beans, and we're also using their cold brew extract into this beer. Very, okay. very difficult beer to make to keep the nice coffee aroma. A nice, subtle coffee flavor without getting overwhelmed with the chocolate malt because it's kind of a right. dark beer. Normally, it's made out of either a porter or a stout. Remember I told you earlier, early I like to shinerize uh, some of our beers? That's <laughs> what we did with this thing. So it's a hybrid between a porter and a stout, something kind of subtly in between. So I wanted the coffee to stand out, not the chocolate malt to overtake it. And again, right. coffee is natural bitter, so I didn't want to over-hop this beer. Let the coffee do the bittering instead of the hops. So, you know, we're using just a, 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 you know, a small amount of Mount Hood hops into the, into mm-hmm. the beer to assinuate with the, with the, uh, with the coffee. Well, exactly. I think you guys did a great job on that, but it also doesn't leave that lingering coffee mouth kind of feel uh, as well. I mean, definitely hit it. I mean, that, that's what it's about. You know, we didn't want to get overwhelmed with that coffee. 
and and not bring out the big heavy chocolate mm-hmm. note to it. Very drinkable beer. It's uh, it's coffee, but with a little brightness to the finish. Yeah. I guess maybe is a good way to put it. If what? that makes any sense, you're probably listening to me going, uh, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> you, you, you got it. <laughs> hey, what, sense, to yeah. each his own. How you describe it is, 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 you know, everybody does it a little bit different. But, again, a very sessionable, easy-drinking yeah. coffee beer that don't overpower you with the coffee. Well, I love that it is a cross between a porter and a stout. That's right. a real That's a real happy place right there in that in that middle, isn't it's it? It's shinerized. Yeah. <laughs> Those are some of my favorites. I'm waiting for you guys to make a barley wine, one of my favorite styles. Oh. Well, guys, we're... Hint, we're, hint, nudge, nudge. Well, you, you never know. I mean, yeah. again, I never thought we'd make a sour beer, and here we are with the Berliner Weiss. Right. But uh, we're, we're dabbling with something uh, different all the time. I mean, we're doing a lot of uh, what we call fruit beers, you know, like uh, you know the Ruby Redbird you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. I mean, talking about a craft beer, when you start putting drums of... Uh, of uh, you know grapefruit extract into that thing, pulp <laughs> into it. I mean, it's 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 labor intense, and and you know our strawberry blonde is coming out just now, just you know for right. summer seasonal. We're making uh, strawberry blonde or summer seasonal, again, fresh poteet strawberries from poteet Texas. Man, they don't wow. get no more craft than that, yeah. does it? Listen, I as a high school student marched every year in the poteet strawberry festival really? parade. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so it doesn't get any more authentic for strawberries. You know they got a shortage of them right now because we're using, really? we're using the heck out of them. <laughs> thanks, thanks to Shiner. So I you guys, yeah, I mean, outside the box, you guys had a smoked uh, ale uh, a few years back. You know, too. you're talking about something now. That was the damnedest thing I ever did see. <laughs> you know, I bought a local smoker from a guy that used to do a lot of barbecuing. So I bought this smoker. And I converted it into a malt smoker. And, you know, we had to clean and degrease it, Emberton. And, you know, all our beers are kosher. So then I had to get the rabbi there to come in there and kosherize it, right. you know, uh, the, uh, the smoker. And then here we'd put this malt in there and use real uh, Texas mesquite, and we smoked this beer. <laughs> Unbelievable. That I called it bacon in a bottle. That's what it reminded me of it. Well, and what's not to love <laughs> yeah, about right. bacon in a bottle, right? <laughs> so, I mean, that was... It was, you either loved it or you hated it. There that's, was no in-between. That's when I started drinking it with my pancakes. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of bacon, by the way, while you're here at B&B Butchers, do not leave until you've ordered the bacon appetizer. The it's bacon like appetizer nothing is amazing. you have ever had so. in your life. So, <laughs> so remember that. Remember that. Um, so I am assuming that Bach is your best seller. What's number two? Bach, is, and by far, is our flagship beer. You know, yep. that's 75% yep. of our total volumes. But, you know, when it starts coming, that's kind of a tricky question because, you know, we we have these seasonals, and our seasonals would probably be, you know, our, our second best. Maybe whatever beer. the seasonal is Yeah, whatever seasonal is combined together. Yeah. Uh, Shiner Light Blonde is one of our fastest-growing beers. Well, I remember I mean, when it beer. was a seasonal. Yeah. I remember when it wasn't out all the time. Right. Yep. Right? And, and then I remember, uh, oh, no, maybe I was thinking Shiner Blonde. Well, I remember when Shiner Blonde went away, and I was bummed. But then... Shiner Light Blonde came out, right? And I was like, "Oh, I like this even better." So but it's Shiner like, Blonde became premium again, right? It, right. It, yeah, you got rebranded back to pre- it, it yeah. went back to its roots. So right. it's still available. It's just Shiner Premium, right? Yeah. And I love yeah. that label on the premium too. Mm. That's a classic. It's still the it beer really of is. choice in Shiner, Texas, because that's the oldest beer in town. So again, that's the beer they drank. They grew up on. Well, this is fascinating stuff. We are here with Jimmy from Shiner, and um, we love him in the commercials. We love his beers. And we'll be back again uh, in just a moment. This is the uh, all-new Smoking and Toasting Show. 
Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting, Craft Beer, uh, Fine Spirits, and Hand Rolled Cigars. My name is Cruz, my partner Ian Barry, and Jimmy from Shiner is with us. Jimmy, we were just talking in between the segments, and I wanted to go back to something you said. You mentioned that you're something of a Shiner historian, and you said you've like been collecting all these pieces of Shiner memorabilia. What do you have exactly? Well, I, I, you know, when I built my house, I wanted I didn't build a game room there, so I, I built a a bar later, an add-on, so I built a barn bar. You know, we're in Texas, you know, South Texas. I love that. So, <laughs> and all of a sudden, the bar got bigger than the barn part of it, you know. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know when to stop. So, yes. you know, again, I'm a collector of Shiner, uh, you know, uh, paraphernalia. I mean, I, I, I love Shiner stuff. I, I date stuff by labels, by, you know, the graphics. I can see what, you know, um, what font it is. I know what era it came from. So, again, wow. I, I have... Every neon, I got tacker, I got, you know, uh, tap panels from the 40s, uh, the old uh, gas station signs from the 40s when it just said Shiner Beer on it. Again, it's totally decked out. Shiner. I got every wall, it's nailed, completely shut with Shiner stuff. And, I'm, and I still buy stuff on eBay all the time. <laughs> you eBay. buy your own stuff. I love that. That's I, awesome. On eBay That's... because I'm looking for old stuff. Well, you know what? Here's, here's what I really, really love about Jimmy. He's so passionate about beer, and he's so passionate about Shiner that he's on eBay finding memorabilia from his, from his own brand. That's what it takes, I think, to have the presence of mind to really, really care about the quality okay, so of the product you're putting I'm gonna out. I'm going to ionize this conversation for okay. a moment here with one of those statements that I frequently have. Yep. Um, in my mind, you've already got it set up that after you pass on, you will actually be the last piece in your museum. I, I definitely, again, with all these uh, commercials and stuff they make me do and, and pictures and stuff, yes, I guess I could be a hanging piece. <laughs> You'll be the last piece in the museum. Uh, but they're going to they gonna have to take something down to hang me because there ain't my, no room. My collection <laughs> is complete. <laughs> Jimmy, tell me about the brewery. How has it changed over the years? You've been there, you said, 39 years? Is uh, that right? 39 years. Uh, again, when I started at the brewery, it was just a little, uh, you know, brick structure. And since then, you know, there's hundreds of yards worth of new buildings and stuff that we added. Again, we doubled in capacity. I took over at Brewmaster in 2005, and we tripled in capacity since 2005. That was going to be one wow. of my questions. We That's tripled. amazing. Tripled. So That's called job security. Ian. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, and again, actually, we outgrew the brewery. We were set. We were struggling to produce enough beer for demand. It was well, actually, yeah, and I was going to ask you that question too. Like isn't isn't it kind of a balancing act to because if you if you build too much infrastructure, then you got empty tanks sitting there or you're brewing beer nobody's buying, but if you don't go fast enough, you can't meet the demand, you know? Exactly. It's, you had to build it in segments. So, you know, okay, we had a bottleneck on 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 uh, tank space, you know, so we put in more fermenters, okay? Then we didn't have enough you know, uh, uh, bottle shop capacity. So we built a new bottle shop. Okay, now we outgrew the brew house. We ain't got no brewing capacity. So we built another brew house. You did it in stages, and all of a sudden, all these pieces come together, and now we've doubled in capacity. We're in 1.2 million barrel capacity. We're only producing about 600,000 barrels right now, but we have 1.2 million barrel capacity. You got some growth room, and you're ready yes, to We ready got to room move. to grow, yeah. and That's we got right. plenty land to expand. You know what makes <laughs> you smile about that is Shiner really is a small town. 
I don't know what the population is, but I think you guys actually have four lights in the town. Well, any given day, like that. any given day is 2069, and it might go 2068, 2070. It all depends yeah. what happens. A traffic there, jam no, in Shiner. You got to look in the Shiner Gazette to find out if you if you lost one or gained one. A traffic jam in Shiner is two cars pulling up to the opposite street, going, "No, no, you go. No, no, you go." No, Do you, you know how long you got to wait in damn line for that one red light? <laughs> <laughs> it is That's aggravating. <laughs> oh, welcome to Houston, awesome. my friend. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, uh, so the brewery obviously has grown and changed. And I know you guys do brewery tours. I've never been to the special brewery. Ian, you mentioned to me before the show you've been what? I will give you my own brewery tour of their brewery tour. I've been there about <laughs> six to eight times. One thing I can say, guys, we built it, and they are coming. This yes. is a state-of-the-art facility in the middle of a pasture in Shiner, Texas. <laughs> I now, love it. But it has robotics that's picking up kegs and stacking on pallets. It has the most state-of-the-art brew house, bottling facility, unbelievable stuff to see. We've got a walking tour under glass. That you can come and see the whole and thing. And you guys are only open during weekdays. We're only open during the weekend, week during right like now. A Saturday tour ever. Well, we do, we got to start growing its capacity, so we start uh, brewing and bottling on that Saturday, and you know, we'll, likes, we'll get there someday. Jimmy, <laughs> like, Jimmy likes to sleep in on Saturday, and I right. don't blame him. Yeah. You know what, guys? In saying that, you know, since we built this brew house, that was the first time in 25 years our brewers had a weekend off that they weren't brewing. Wow! First time wow. in 25 years. So That's we got capacity. Very cool. Is everything on the one location? Every drop of Shiner beer is made in Shiner, Texas. That's amazingly cool. (laughs) It reminds me a little bit of, uh, and I may have mentioned this on the show before, but my favorite episode ever of Cheers is the one where Norm gets a job as a beer taster. And so he goes (laughs) in for his first day, and they put him in the white lab coat, and they escort him into the room where the beer tanks are, where the beer... And he just walks over to the one of the tanks and just hugs it. <laughs> and that's what I will do when I tour the uh, Shiner facility. I just want to hug and, and one Nor- of your and tanks. And Norm is right. There is beer tasting. You know, every single beer that's going to be packaged or kegged the next day is going to be tasted by an, you know, our tasting team before it gets put into a package. Again, it passed all the tests analytically. We have some very sophisticated equipment to testing beer. Sure. But it's got to pass the taste test. Yeah, right. the taste test is the most important. The most important. Test. Oh, yes. Right? And yeah. best part of my job. Also, <laughs> mm, beer. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. Okay, so I don't know if you'll do this or not, but I'm going to try to get an exclusive now. <laughs> Can you tell us anything that's on the drawing board? You know, I'm such a squealer. I, I'm a squealer. You, you got me. And, and, you know, especially after I got about four or five beers with me over here. You know, uh, you know it loosened it, it, me up a little madness, bit. Yes. I think this was planned. But, now yeah, we do have some good things, uh, you know, coming up. We, again, we're always coming up with different unique beers. Sure. Uh, again, like I said, the new Strawberry Blonde is coming back out again right. for summer seasonal. And, uh, you know, it, uh, our Brewer's Pride Edition is in a family pack. Right. You, you got six different beers in there. And we changed this one Brewer's Pride out. About every season, too. So it's about three to four times a year we'll change those things out. And uh, we got this new interesting beer. I'll tell you about some of the fruit beers we do that really, mm-hmm. really. Right. We do them in a craft way that uh, people really like these things. And we're looking at, you heard it here first, a peach wheat. A so, what? A peach wheat? A peach wheat. Okay, peach here we wheat. go. Shine. I'm going to shinerize it. Fredericksburg Hill Country Peaches. Oh, here we oh, come. That's as good as it gets. That's like what, potatoes for strawberries? You're right. Fredericksburg is for peaches. So, again, we're going to shinerize it. We're going to put our, our, our little fingerprint on it. 
and again, we look forward to that beer and look forward in, in, in the family pack. Wow. And when maybe would we see that? Uh, probably, um, probably early summer. Okay. That awesome. sounds like a perfect summer beer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. With a little peach. Awesome. And, you know, I always do a little peach in my iced tea, too, so oh, that sounds yes. like it'd be great oh, yes. summer. Uh, and, I, and I like beer with produce in it. So, uh, you know, that, that I'm can be a good 50, thing. I'm about 50-50. It's got to be done well. It's got to be balanced. Yes. If it's I don't like it if it's too, like, sweet, like, cloyingly sweet. You know, but oddly if it's got enough, the right balance, I say that. I say the same thing, but I love Belgian beers, which are so fruity a lot of times. Well, and, and you, barley wines, you love barley so wine, sweet, so, so yes, absolutely. And maybe a different um, kind of sweet. Jimmy, let me <laughs> let me uh, change the subject real quick. But while we have you, I've always wanted to ask a brewmaster this question, and I never have. The, um, the argument of whether beer tastes better in cans or bottles. Will you weigh in on that for me? Cans or bottles. I mean, why are people so damn picky? And you guys do both. I know that. We do bottles. We do kegs. Again, to me, the technology, you know, in in the glass and in the cans, the manufacturing process of it, there really is no difference. I mean, the lighting in a can is very, very complex where it's it's not leaching out any metallic flavors like it used in the old tin cans. That's that's, That's way back when. Right. This uh, day and age, very, that, very well. Right, you don't prepared. get a metallic taste from no, the can. Yeah, like, yeah. Again, can is some of the fastest growing type of package there Absolutely. is right now. I know it. It's so, the hottest thing. Again, I would, I would love to see, and I'm just wishing here, I'd love to see Shiner in one of those cans where the whole top comes off. Because oh, those drink so well. That's kind of cool. Man, you like want to take a big sip, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, it it's makes beer. it. You know what? It makes it more like drinking it out of a glass, though. It you is. know, because you get the larger opening, you can get more. Without bringing a glass. Oh, right. yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, right well, now the, the little lid does me well. Yeah. I'm a I'm yeah. a big fan of a can, uh, and I'll weigh in on this. I'm a big fan of a can because no sunlight hits it. Right. Um, and it just seems to stay fresher for me. Well, I've always been a big fan of the bottle. Because I am, and I realize this is not like the way you're supposed to do it or whatever, but everybody has their own thing. I really like my beer cold. I, every beer I drink, I want it as cold as I can get it, unless there's a really specific reason not to. And the cans always seem to warm up for me. However, my wife got me for Christmas one of those um, Yeti can koozie yeah. Those are amazing. And so suddenly I don't have the same complaint about cans have you ever used that I used to have. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, it's They're it's disorienting, too, because you don't know yeah. when you're at the end, but the last time right, you it's heavier. it's yeah. still ice cold. Oh, it's amazing. you got to love that. I know. Yeah. I, love, I love technology, yeah. Well, <laughs> Jimmy, I want to thank you for spending this time with us. I know you've had a busy day, and you've been, you know, uh, talking China and, you know, drinking China probably since uh, breakfast this morning. Uh, but you're still remarkably lucid, and I love that. We love that about you. Well, I uh, appreciate y'all guys having me on this show. Y'all guys, uh, just I mean, y'all y'all bring a lot of enthusiasm to to uh, to the beer side of it over here. So uh, you know, I appreciate what y'all uh, having me on the show, and keep doing what y'all guys doing. Y'all well, fantastic. And, and congratulations to you tripling the production. Amazing. Since you took over as brewmaster. Wow. Well, we need to do it one more time. Let's go get after it again. There you go. Triple <laughs> right. it again. And, and keep doing the commercials. We love the commercials. Yeah, yeah you, uh, you got to keep looking for those things. They keep coming out. All right. That's good. Uh, Jimmy from Shiner is here. Thank you so much. We would love to do this again. Maybe we'll come to Shiner next time. There you go. We're here. All right. You are listening to Smoking and Toasting. 
And uh, thank you for doing that. Uh, coming up, yes, coming up, by the way, we are going to do some spirit sampling. Stand by. Welcome back. We're smoking and toasting, and we're so glad, uh, so glad that Jimmy uh, joined us from China. What, a, what a, uh, what a complete and total gregarious. Gas he was. Oh, what gregarious a great guy! Gregarious is the name. What for a great that guy. guy. So now we, now we enter the like slightly more refined, with emphasis on the word slightly, slightly more refined segment of the show, uh, where we want to do some spirit tasting. And when we got here to B and B Butchers today, Ian says, "Oh my God, you're never going to believe who I ran into." So introduce your. Uh, your I friend. ran into Frank. That guy. Yeah. So <laughs> Frank Krogerberger is a friend of mine for uh, quite a few years now. And uh, Frank, here's your mic. You can actually talk in this as well. <laughs> so <laughs> he is the uh, – go ahead and give us your official title. I am the luxury specialist for Houston. I love oh, luxury that. Luxury specialist. The luxury yes. specialist for Beam Suntory. I uh, love That's it. Right. And that you guys handle a lot of different names, don't you? We do. We're uh, we're the third largest spirit supplier in the entire world. Uh, what are your have, biggest sellers? Uh, Jim Beam is our is our uh, our flagship I've brand. I've never heard of that. Yeah, That's yeah, a small no, bourbon. No, nope, nobody's <laughs> ever heard of Jim Beam. Uh, we have this other little bourbon uh, distillery called Maker's Mark. Oh, uh, I never heard of that one either, huh? Yeah, right. Yeah, right. And then we represent. Uh, we we have a spirit in pretty much every major category uh, across the globe, from Scotch, Irish, Japanese, Canadian, tequila, vodka, cognac, you name it, we got it. Wow! And this event you're uh, doing here tonight at B and B is this. Is this for Super Bowl? What is the what is the focus yeah, of this? Yeah, so Scott? well, you know, I mean, any opportunity to have a party is a good opportunity. So uh, um, we have a good relationship with B and B, and so we have some uh, we have some cocktails, we have some neat spirit tastings, we have some uh, promotional activity with our brand ambassador, our bourbon ambassador here on Saturday from six to eight. Uh, we have some other promotions going on throughout the week. So. Uh, Ultimately, we're just out here to uh, have a good time, drink so, some good spirits. Yeah. So how long did it take you to talk Jeremiah into having a party? About five minutes. I was going to say, <laughs> this is what I love about this guy. Jeremiah, who is, who is our friend here at, uh, at B&B, he is the man when it comes to – well, let me just say this. If he's there – I know it's a party. Like if I show up at an event, and well, I'm like, I mean, I'm no Frank, but don't you know, know, I know yeah. how to have a good time. Don't know how it's gonna go. You look and you see Jeremiah. You're like, it's gonna be good. Jeremiah, how many events like this does B&B do in a given month, or does it just very this wildly? This particular one is a first time thing. Yeah, something on this scale, like Frank approached Ben and I and was like, hey, we want to have a party with you guys. And well, if you know Frank and you know Ben, then you say yes. Um, right. So this is kind of a first-time thing, um, but typically uh, I, I personally try and engage, whether it's uh, a beef steak event like with Frank or, or a master class with another distiller. Right, right. Uh, I try and have at least one, sometimes two a month. Well, that's a lot actually to coordinate and organize, but it seems like every time I'm here, there's some like amazing event going on. So that's when you have good people with good brands. I mean, it's really easy to have a cool party. Yeah, well, you know, if you keep partying like this, you're gonna get good at it. <laughs> well, I'm, I, I'm just gonna keep practicing until somebody tells <laughs> right, me to yeah, stop. You gotta stay in practice. Yes. You gotta, you gotta keep it at I a like. certain level, right? So yeah. you that's what I like. Once in a while, no, and, that's and, what I, I like. Mean, and, and Frank's role at BM Suntory. I mean, you know, I met Frank a while ago, and I mean, he's not kidding. Like they're they're we're, they're very well represented because they really do have 
something in every category. Yeah, um, no kidding. Like the, the Tiercano, when he talked about the Irish, that actually happens to be one of my favorites. It's on my home oh. bar. So. Oh. Yeah, we want to do a show, actually. I haven't mentioned this to you yet, but I'll just put you on the spot now. We actually want to do a show from your house where we drink uh, spirits from your personal collection. I hope you guys are into Norwegian aquavit. That's all I can say. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, you should probably take an Uber to that that show. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I'm hoping you have a couch if I need to uh, sleep it off. So. So I asked uh, Frank. Frank said, "What are you guys interested in?" And I said, "Well, alcohol." <laughs> and he said, "Okay." And uh, he said, "Well, what do you guys want to taste?" Because he represents so many brands. I said, "I'll tell you what. Give me something that's easily accessible, and give me something that takes a little bit more looking." Oh, I like this. And so oh, what I he like came up with, and this is his choice, and I'm happy about it. Uh, I'm gonna let him go ahead and introduce our uh, liquors for our tasting here. Yeah, we're we're so we're gonna taste a couple of good things. Uh, we're gonna start off with a, uh, a tried and true distillery uh, that everybody knows and is familiar with, but a, d- a different mark from them uh, with Maker's Forty Six. So it's the Maker's Mark Distillery. Okay. Um, but this is uh, Maker's Forty Six is different. Um, this is for the very longest time we only made Maker's Mark. Right. And then uh, um, a few years ago, we decided that we needed to beef up the portfolio and, and catch up with the trends of, of doing more uh, with what we got. Like a super premium sort of exactly. version, right? That's exactly right. And so Makers 46, a lot of people ask where the name 46 comes from. It was the 46th attempt, basically, the 46th no batch. Nice. So, um, you know, there, there was a... I actually have a question on this because I was told it had something to do with 46 French oak staves. Ah, uh, okay. You have part of it right. You have part of it right. <laughs> okay. I'm just curious. Cause French I, oak know. plays a role here. Um, but like it's my 10. Whiskey history. The number's 10. So that, that's, that's what makes Maker's Mark uh, 46 a little different. So we take fully matured Maker's Mark, we open up the barrel, and then we put in 10 seared French oak staves. Uh, Interesting. I say seared because uh, it's different from a char. That seared is a lot like uh, toasting versus uh, versus you know burning, and it's French oak, so you get a different flavor profile than the American white oak that uh, that we're so normally aging. So a charred barrel, in. you use direct flame. Is seared indirect? Is Correct. that what's going That's on? That's right. So, it's okay. like infrared. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Okay. That makes so. So you were thinking the 46 was because there was 46 of them. Yes. No. This is news to me that there's 10 oak, 10 there's French 10. oak stains, and it's a 46 try. Well, some people got some really, really fun, wrong information from me then. There's so much bad information. Got some explaining to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, tell us what we should expect to. Uh, so smell this, and this taste is. Uh, so I call this the biggest, bigger, bolder version of Maker's Mark. Yeah. Everything you know and love in Maker's Mark is here, but it more. So first of all, Maker's Mark is 90 proof. This is 94, so it is a little stronger. Right. Um, but more than that, it's like double the vanilla. Double yeah. the caramel. Yeah. Uh, I call this Maker's Mark and Creme Brulee had a love child. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, on the nose, yeah. this is like molasses, too. Yeah, like yeah, so bit, yeah, much bit molasses. Very dark brown sugar. On the yeah. nose, this brown is sugar, just yeah. wonderful. But it wonderful. also has a dryness on the finish, too, that uh, you almost don't expect when you smell it and taste it at so, first. You know, it, the thing that makes Maker's Mark special uh, uh, compared to a lot of other bourbons is that Maker's is a weeded bourbon. Instead of rye, we use soft red winter wheat, and it, it's it's a very soft upfront feel, no upfront bitterness, and this nice uh, you know sort of medium long finish that, that just like you said is just kind of dries out and leaves you wanting more. Um, we use uh, we we use seventy percent corn, sixteen percent soft red winter wheat, and then fourteen percent barley. 
this really appeals to my particular palate. I really like the vanillas and yeah. the oak. It's a and, ton and of the, vanilla yes. in there and oak, And it's too. just like bursting with it, and yeah. that just totally works for me. I know, Ian, you like some of the peatier things, but I, this well, one totally I like, works I like me. a lot of the whiskier things, <laughs> like, to be honest with you. but <laughs> we, we call that brown party liquor, Ian. <laughs> brown party liquor. But I mean, I don't fantastic. generally like it in a plastic bottle, but, uh, you know, I'm not that pretentious. <laughs> 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 they don't break when you drop them. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, my my question is always, Sorry. do they have the do they have them on the plane in the little bitty bottles? <laughs> That's always my question. So, um, obviously, Makers Forty Six you can get anywhere, right? Yeah, this Makers Forty Six readily available. The thirty forty dollar range, depending on what size you're getting. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's it, it's great in old fashioned. It's great neat. It's great I bet over that makes ice. A good old fashioned. Yeah, it's it's a very versatile whiskey. Um, really good with uh, the sizzling thick cut bacon from B and B. I've been talking about. It. I told, um, I told uh, Jimmy the Shiner Brewmaster. I said before you leave, do not yeah, leave yeah. the premises. I've been smelling until it you have some of that bacon. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, no, the the, the, the Maker's Forty Six and the bacon is it's primo. Right, we got to get some bacon over they here. They probably almost do, taste like a continuation play? of each other. You know? Yeah. <laughs> no, they, they play very well together. I bet. <laughs> uh, well, this is fantastic. This is thank you again. So works for my palate. Before beautifully. we run out of time, because I yes. want to try this other, this yes. special one that you brought out for us. Yeah, we brought something out really special. We're going to shift gears. We're going to go to another continent entirely. Uh, we're going to go to the Bumore Distillery. It's an Isla Distillery. Um, a lot of people when that's they spelled I S L A Y. By the way, Isla is how that's it's right. I S L A Y. It's the Isle of Isla. Isle of Isla. So Bowmore's unique in, in a couple of different ways. Everybody's had the real big peat monsters like Lafroig and uh, Ardbeg and whatnot. Sure. Um, Actually, those are two of the last scotches that I brought to our show. See, there you go. <laughs> we, we have Lafroig as well, and some of my favorite whiskeys come from Lafroig. is a little different, so the chief difference between them is the way we handle the peat. You know, what I find nice about these Isla whiskeys is they almost have a terroir, the way you would find in wine or cognac, right. in that... When you taste this, the peat that they get to smoke this barley is from Isla, and it's developed all of the salt that comes from the ocean, the the, the earth, the, the the flora and the fauna. I would definitely and jump it, in. It really that. comes through in so the finished whiskey. After adding just a dropper full of water, I I get like some mineral kind of flavors up Absolutely, front. Yep, that that's really that salt quality. Up. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, 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 a there's bit of a salt. there's a salinity to it. Yeah, which yeah, definitely very that much. coastal. Um, as, as a guy who pretty much exclusively drinks Isla expressions of Scotch whiskey, there's an elegance to Bowmore that I really enjoy. Yep. I mean, the, I, I, mean I like this, aggression, but there's there really is like a it, softness to this peat. It opened up a little of an oil kind of uh, feel to the like mouth feel to it as yes. well. That's well, really I'm nice. I'm assuming it's, it's non-chill filtered. Uh, uh, yeah, it's proof. correct. It, yeah, it's, so you get that good viscosity. So we we do chill filter Bowmore, oh, okay. but you you get. You, you do get that viscosity in the body still comes through. So, um, so we are running out of time for the show because I, I know we could go on and talk about this particular For hours uh, and hours. For a long time. But could we just invite both of you back, please? Please, absolutely. Uh, I'd love do, to. Let's do, let's do a whole tasting show. Let's, uh, 
Let's let's uh, talk whiskey. Let's do a special. I, I'm pretty sure I've already kind of talked to Frank about doing this. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love it. See, you're always one step ahead of us, Jeremiah. That's one of the reasons we love you. B&B is the place to come and enjoy a great steak and the greatest appetizer I've ever had in my life, which is the bacon. It's unbelievable. Do not come here and fail to order it. You will hate yourself. Uh, that's all I have to say. I agree you with that. You will hate yourself. Thank you, everyone, for being a part of the show. And uh, I wish we had more time, but we'll do this uh, next time. You're listening to Smoking and Toasting. My name is Cruz. Thanks, Ian. Smoking and Toasting, baby.